Imagine a world in which post-traumatic stress no longer robs from millions who suffer. You don't want to get help because you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell people the dark stuff that you've went through. That stigmatism of you can't talk to people it is so true. Post-traumatic stress is not a disorder. It's an injury that can be healed quickly so that those who suffer get back to thriving in their families, communities, and mission. And I said, I yeah. don't want to, I, I can't, I don't want to live this trauma again. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what? The experts, they forgot to tell me I can heal. I didn't know that I can get rid of PTSD. Each week, we tell a skeptical world what is possible with stories of those who have successfully cured their trauma. I just remember being able to stand by the water and look up at the sky and hear the noises, and I didn't think they were gunshots. I was like, those are Disney fireworks. I don't even know what to imagine for myself now, my future, because I have one. This is Life After PTSD. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. My name is Jeff McLaughlin, hosting here in Orlando, Florida, and I got two people on the line today that are uh, that have been on the show before, and we love them. Um, one of them is on the show all the time, really. Carrie Russo, how's it going, Carrie? It's going great. Uh, Carrie, uh, our hey, our Jeff. our buddy from Charlotte, well, the Charlotte area, I guess I should say. It's been on here before. She's becoming a vet. She's a regular on the show, I guess you could say. Patty Montanino, how's it going? Hi, I'm great, Jeff. Thank you. Hey, what's the weather like up there today? I'm just curious. I know you're always curious. No one cares. Just, I, I do it's, care. It's yeah. Carolina blue skies, and uh, it's a little cool, but I have a nice view out my window. Awesome. <laughs> See, Carrie, if we know this stuff, it, it's a it's means to take a road trip at some point, okay? Just not today, because today's beautiful in Orlando. So We are going to go take a road trip up there. We yeah. are. We are. And we're going to talk about that more later in the show. But today, we got an interesting slant. So, Patty, you've come on before, and you've brought on some guests and some people that you've worked with, and those have always been amazing shows. I always tell you, I love the people that you bring on for me. Just some great stories there. Um, today, you're the guest, right? You're the subject. I know. I am. That's, mm-hmm. are, how are you feeling about that? Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, so today what we're going to talk about actually has its genesis a while back at a training, and uh, you know you're you're the you're the clinician. You're normally the one helping people, but you um, you're one of the ones that impresses me that wants to grow their practice and grow in their skill set and everything. And so you were becoming even further trauma trained. You'd already trained some modalities, and we're learning yet another one. And uh, we had a documentary team that was down there just hanging out with us. They they had done some work in the Parkland area with the Douglas um, High School shooting tragedy, and uh, they wanted to pop in and see what we were up to. And they were describing in a previous episode what they saw happen with you in, in this training. And they were just amazed at, at that whole thing. And, and, and the way that I understand how that all started was that Carrie had kind of pulled you aside in Carrie fashion. Uh, she volunteered you, in a sense, to be a mm-hmm. demo. You might have thought you were volunteering, but you really weren't. And uh, it was like, hey, Patty, you're going to be our, our person right there. Patty, I think it starts because you felt like, I, I don't know that I actually have some big thing that I need to work on. Is that accurate? Yeah. So when Carrie said to me, do you want to be the demo? I just wasn't sure that I was going to be able to provide much to the group. Um, I didn't see my experience as being traumatic in, in the way that I had previously really thought about trauma. And I think as many clinicians and certainly the general public think about trauma. And this is something Carrie and I were just talking about before. It's like, yes, we have this language, at least within our circles of big T trauma and little T trauma. So at least now on some level, we have this understanding of 
how broad trauma can be, but even then categorizing trauma as big T versus little t almost minimizes mm-hmm. all, you know, that, that stuff that is traumatic in a very personal sense versus what is classically considered traumatic. And we've talked about all this before, you know, somebody who's been deployed, we understand military trauma, someone who's been sexually abused or assaulted, we understand that type of trauma, we understand domestic violence as being traumatic, you know, we obviously understand school shootings as being traumatic, but, you know, the things that are very personal, sometimes we don't really have really great language around how that also can certainly be trauma and then even become PTSD. I know sometimes we don't talk about the D, but you know what classically we think of as PTSD. So I even even being someone in the field didn't necessarily see what I had been through as um, as you know trauma. I knew it was hard. I knew it was upsetting. I knew it, it was impacting me, but I definitely didn't put all of those pieces together until Carrie kind of pulled me aside and she said, well, let's, let's just run through the checklist here. Let's, let's scale this for you. And in, in that process, I, I was like dumbfounded. I was like, oh my gosh, I meet the criteria for, for PTSD. But pretty significantly. Moment. Yeah. And it was pretty significant. Yeah. I mean, on the scale, it was pretty, it wasn't mildly. Uh, The other thing that was interesting is uh, when the documentary writers were there, I think I, because you said, no, it's not that big of a deal. I left you standing there with her, the documentary person. And do you remember that? You, you, I turned around and I realized, oh my goodness, you just lost it. You're, you, that's what I think you also yeah, realized. Yeah, it, it became Whoa, a very, this was way it, more than I thought it was. <laughs> it was, became a very intensely emotional kind of experience and almost was almost, I think I was probably almost telling her like, here's what happened. Kind of like, you want to, you want to watch this, you know, and it, what, but, but yeah, it really took me to a place. Where right. Was, almost like a big deal. Like, well, it was just this thing. And then all of a sudden it was, yeah. Whoa. So Carrie walks away, that. Carrie, Carrie's out getting, you know, an energy drink or something like that. You're there like losing <laughs> your ever loving mind. Is that what went down? <laughs> no, but I wouldn't exactly classify it. Like no, that. no, no. She's, she's, got, she's, got, she's got tearful. She's got tearful. But the poor, poor, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just looking doctor. for some dirt on Carrie. That's all. Okay. You got to help me out every <laughs> like once in a while. There's, there's no dirt. No dirt to be found. <laughs> But, uh, but well, the funny thing was, I really just, um, I think it's really valuable to be able to work with Alan. And so I was, she's, Patty was my friend before we were at this training. And I was like, hey, you know, I think you could go work with Alan. That'd be, you know, you'd have this opportunity. And so she was kind of thinking like, well, I don't really know if my stuff's that good. Like, I'll, I'll do it. Sure. But, <laughs> and then it ended up being pretty, pretty profound. So, so tell me this, um, just for a better excavation of this whole backstory here, um, Patty, mm-hmm. the big T trauma you had described like sexual abuse, the military stuff. I mean, I, you didn't say those were big T traumas, but I think that you were, you were making that, that connection. Is that, that those, that, that would have been the category for you, right? For those types of things prior. That's what I would have thought, right. As being traumatic. And, and, yeah. and so I, I, I knew that there was also, you know, something that we considered to be little T trauma. And for people that can be, um, you know, a job loss, um, a divorce, could be a move, um, could be bullying. I mean, it's, it's basically, it's not what happened to you. It's your response to what happened to you. That's where well, that's trauma so, is. that's, that's so important, Patty. Like that it's, it's our response. It's how it influences us. How it's our filter. How do we filter what just came at yes. us? And then we respond to it. And you know what? That can be something really some, that seems simple to everybody else. 
but for yes. whatever reason, we respond to it. And, and then I think you're so right that we try to categorize them as little t, and they're not always little t, because then it, it, we minimize. Yes, no, we did not see our friend die on the battlefield, but we did experience this situation, which is impacting us on a daily basis, and sometimes we don't even realize it. Patty, was that a pivotal moment then for you that um, maybe um, tore down the wall of separation or, or, or maybe, maybe, maybe created a gate in it that separated big T and little T from that point on? Because you know what? I think it became so personal at that moment. And I think when somebody really has that first person experience and then, then they have a, a meaningful outcome that changes things for them so profoundly, that absolutely was my aha moment. I mean, when I was like, oh, I had PTSD, it was, it was good news to me. And I realized that that's probably not your typical response, but it was such good news to me because now everything that I had been going through and dealing with made so much more sense. And because of the work that we were doing, there was actual healing that could happen. So I was going, it was going to be resolved because now I knew what it was. Yeah. It's very and, interesting. And, well, it's so interesting because think about it, Jeff. And how do you know with work with the work with your clients and that that we do, you know, when our clients are traumatized, they make decisions and they make decisions from a traumatized brain and those decisions may not be what they would normally make. And so that, and that decision can be traumatizing, you know, so now, now we have, I'm already traumatized. Now I'm making decisions because of my trauma brain and now my decisions are traumatizing and it just can be this spiral of events and then everything seems worse anyway because you're living in trauma. I don't know. Does that, does that ring? Yeah. It's just it's starting to, yes, absolutely. It's starting to, mm -hmm. you know, layer the, you know, you're, that you become traumatized by the decisions that you made when you were traumatized yeah. and then the shame is building and, right. and really, yeah, you, you're really struggling significantly. And because you got to that point, over time, you don't even realize how impacted you were. But then I can look back and I can say, wow, I was easily frustrated. I didn't have flashbacks because I didn't have um, a significant event per se, but I had a lot of very stressful dreams. Um, I took things personally. I had a baseline of anxiety. And it was really only until after that I had stopped doing those things or didn't feel those things that I then could realize that that's how it had been. And it had been that way for quite some time. That's so amazing. Isn't it powerful when you're working with clients and now you see that in your clients and you're like, wait a minute, I've been there. I know what you're, I know what this person's talking about, you know, or, or like you see something in the mirror and you're trying, you're explaining, Hey, this is what might be going on for you because you've been there. Yeah. Um, you want to speak to that? Well, I always, and this is something I do talk about in session quite a bit, and this is something that Alan had brought up in our training when he talked about a traumatic event happening. And let's say 10 people experience this traumatic event, traumatic incident. Two people are going to have very clear signs and symptoms of PTSD. And that's 20%. So two people, another 20%, are going to be able to find some meaning and find some purpose and really just, yes, they know what happened and and it's it's part of their story but they're able to really move on from that but 
six of them or 60% are going to have some degree of negative impact. And so when I look at that, I said, there's so many people that I am working with because I'm in a private practice setting are falling within that 60%. And, and clearly some of them are falling within that other 2% of very clear signs and symptoms of PTSD. But really so many of us are, are you know, dealing we're, with we're trauma yeah. somewhere. Well, functioning, we're functioning. Yeah, and people are functioning, but they don't realize they're functioning with trauma. And they, if they clear that, their lives are going to be so much more. So, so I want to yeah, tap into that if I could, because that, that is a question I think somebody out there could be listening and going, well, you're functioning, you're getting, you're getting by. Now, in my world, you know, the world of marriage work, I say getting by is not good enough. We don't want to just survive a marriage. Mm-hmm. You want to thrive. And that's true of life in general. But I want to hear how you would say that. How would you language that to the person out there that kind of says, well, you are getting by. So what's the problem? Right. What do you say to that? I, I think we've looked at, you know, I think it's kind of become a joke, you know, adulting is hard and, you know, there's all these kind of, like, you know what I mean? There's all these like throwaway things where we're like, you know, it, where it's like being a grown up is, is, is something again that you have to survive. And I don't think it was meant to be this hard. Yeah. Um, so I would say that it really wasn't meant to be this hard. And if it feels that hard, then there probably is something there that if you spend just a little bit of time working on, it will make a big difference. Absolutely. And like you said, something you said, Kai, it was so quiet afterwards, after you had done the work is when you realize like, Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I I was short tempered or I was, I was getting more frustrated or I was, you know, I wasn't being the best me. (laughs) I'll tell on myself here, and I've talked about this in session, and I said, you know, sometimes you go to a certain store and maybe, you know, you can use certain rewards or coupons or codes or whatnot, and depending on what store you're at and how they run those certain coupons and codes, it's like your discount could be one thing, but if they kind of stack different coupons and codes, like you can have a – your discount could be something totally different, right? So I was at a store that had various, you know, discounts available, and I kind of had it in my head had that the way the person ringing me up ran it, I I missed out on something. And I said to her, I was like, I think if you run it the other way, it's going to be different. And she kind of looked at me quick and she said, I really just think it's a couple of cents. And in that moment, I felt so right. Like that's my money. (laughs) So I went through this whole transaction um, for 23 cents. And and it was, it was like, it was like, I was so right. And I was like, who does that? You know, maybe it's just a really benign example, but it was examples like that. I mean, it was just little common occurrences that felt so personal. And my, my, even though my external response wasn't to curse anybody out or anything, but just, I was there and I was frustrated and, and I was, and you're feeling it in your body. Yes. I felt it. We we all know, we all know that feeling of being angry where you have that that burning almost, you know, like your blood boiling and, and, and you're thinking, wait, this is a probably inappropriate um, response for that kind of event, right? To be kind of annoyed for that would be appropriate. Right. I mean, and that's when, you know, when you're person flipping yeah. anybody off in traffic or anything like that, but, but just, it, it, was, it was all internal, you right. know, so yeah. I was suffering significantly and then it yeah. really spills out into your, into your family, you know, because who, who can I get annoyed with then? Because I can't throttle the poor woman ringing me up at the store. Well, then you get frustrated more easily with your kids and you, you 
you may be quicker to jump on something they did or you just correct them in a not to say that they shouldn't be disciplined in some kind of way but maybe it's a little harsher than it needed to be and it certainly wasn't it wasn't the way I wanted to be as a mom and it really was because the things that had happened to me changed me and therefore it you know and then I realized like yeah it was my responsibility to heal and I know that but at the same time I think there's many people walking out there not even realizing that they have anything to heal from yeah. Right, so right, Patty, in that down. split, in that moment where you, you started to, you know, to, to get upset or to sort of associate into that trauma that day in Parkland, and then Carrie brings you in and Alan works with you. What just as you're walking up to the, the stage. And by the way, I, I, just to give some context for the listener, you know, when we train and we have these trainings and everything, just to show the, um, I, I love this. I'm an experiential learner, but probably to show also the power of, of what can be done so rapidly with somebody like those demonstrations are a very powerful tool. And, and in the course of training at various places and cities and things like that, we've had some very, um, some very powerful stories, things that you would know, like if you just had the, the, the basic movie script of what happened to the person, you're going, oh my gosh, like the, the vicarious pain that I feel for this person is just unreal. And so sometimes these are, these are very, very moving demonstrations. And um, when people come out of them, it's a very moving experience or whatever. So, so you're kind of walking up there having some frame of reference as to what that looks like. I, I just be, be curious what, what was going through your mind after you realized this thing that you associated into was a problem and um, and now Alan's about to work on this. What are you thinking at that point? Are you skeptical? Or are you where are you at? Well, I mean, I certainly had a ton of anxiety because here I am in front of a group of people. You know, they're my peers. You know, I, I had never seen that. I was the first demonstration of our of our training and therefore I had not seen the protocol. I didn't even know what I was agreeing to. So, you know, this is like, you know, am I going to do it right? Am I just going to work? I, Patty, I, I love so, you. Uh, she's fearless. Okay. I love it too. Mm-hmm. Well, it could have been old. like the slime machine from the <laughs> old Nickelodeon days, Patty. I mean, it could have been one of those and then, you know, but you still, <laughs> you still jumped up there. Good for you. All right. Could have some green slime on me. She well, you know, trust me. You know, I definitely, I definitely she thought that would be anxiety. easier, actually. <laughs> well, that would have been easier. Um, but yeah. no, I, I definitely had anxiety about it. and and But I also had a lot of trust. I mean, I, I've known Carrie for years now, and I had a lot of trust that, that this was going to be as good as she, she said it was going to be. And it really was. So, so yeah. walk me through real quick, and, and then we're going to take a short break here in a second, but just in, in a nutshell here. Um, what was your experience with the protocol or, or what was like a huge takeaway for you? Like after you were done, you know, 45 minutes later, 30, whatever hour, whatever it was, you know, when you finished that thing, like what, what, what did you experience? I'm such a bad person to ask because I kind of go into shock a little bit. Like I, I almost feel <laughs> like I really need to sit with it for, for a little while. And I know sure. you and Jeff had said, do you, can I interview you? Can I talk to you? And I was like, I, I can't put my thoughts together just yet. <laughs> like I knew something very profound had happened, yeah. but I didn't quite know what that, what that was. And I, I would say I, I have so much less memory of the experience of doing the protocol because it was, it's such a clear line. It's like there's the before and there's the after. And almost the protocol obviously is the thing that straddles both. But but really that kind of almost becomes part of my memory of like that's who I was before. Yeah. And it's like yeah. as soon as that was done, it was like this is who I am now. So who are you now? 
<laughs> oh gosh. Well, I certainly am not going to freak out over 23 cents. <laughs> if I get wrong, I'm wrong. Um, you know, I mean, I really think that I'm, I'm doing really good work. I've seen my practice get busier. I definitely feel like I've connected with so many more clients in a very meaningful way. Yeah. Um, I, I think that people, because I am better, I'm a better mom. think, you know, I'm better a better friend and I, I, I don't know that there's words to say all the ways I feel better. Well, and do you think that you've also been able to, since then, since you cleared, since you worked on that bigger trauma, mm-hmm. which I, I'm going to say it was bigger, even though it didn't seem like it to you, you also have been able to recognize other things in your life that you said, Oh, you know, I, I think I need to work on these too. They weren't really bothering me, but they, and that's what I've noticed as my clients. And I think yeah. you have too. Jenna, so you I, share a little bit about that. Yeah. So I would say for sure for me, a barrier to kind of continuing and, and to do more work um, is, is just proximity to somebody who can do this work, right? So I've <laughs> been really dependent on catching up with Carrie to, to work on things. So I am excited to have more clinicians in the Charlotte area come up and be trained because I think it's important. So for me, there wasn't that kind of continuity, but um, there was another event that I knew had happened and obviously it was devastating at the time, but it was resolved. And it wasn't until something happened more recently that triggered and there, and then I was right back in that moment of that event that had even preceded what we worked on in the training. So I was then, then again, back to something a little bit older that wasn't top of mind until it was triggered. And that was then something that I worked on. And I imagine at some point in time, there will be another event that right now doesn't feel like anything that I need to look at and work on, but something might you know, flip that switch for me and I will, and I'm certainly going to. Yeah. Then is it accurate to say, cause I don't want to feed these words in your mouth. I really want to know from like deep down into your soul, Patty, like, would you say that you are moving more and more in a regular progression towards like this Patty that's, that is thriving, that is, that is free to be Patty, right? All, all Patty is the good stuff, right? Is that you? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I really do think that when you're traumatized, you you make choices through that filter. And so I don't have that filter in place anymore. And so now I look at my choices and I might have ended up with making the same choice, but I just think the filter is different. So the reasons behind what I'm choosing is different. And so I think when you kind of come at it from a better place, it just it sits better. It feels better. It just it just works more. It really feels like the right thing to do yeah. and it's the right way to be that's that's brilliantly put you know we close out our our show by saying in the uh you know is the outro piece that that really talks about now imagine the new normal that you get to decide and and that's what i think thriving actually is that's what it looks like you know a lot of people that have uh trauma get a new normal but it's a normal they have no control over and it's not usually in fact it's never a normal that they like and it sounds like you know you're you're the former you're getting to do the the new normal more and more and more and then the the most you know the <laughs> i was about to say the more important thing but it's not equally important you're then bringing that to your clients your clients are getting to experience that too and i think that's just in, incredible 
Um, so, hey guys, let's take a break here. We're gonna take a break. And then after the, the break, I have some more questions here. We'll reset some things and uh, come back even stronger here on Life After PTSD. Hey, Life After PTSD listeners. We're glad that you love other stories of healing, but what about you? First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. It's that easy. All right, so here we are back with Life After PTSD and uh, got Patty and Carrie hanging out on the line. Patty, just so thankful that you're telling your story and just um, being willing to share it. You know, I, I really do love, I, I mean it. I'm not just buttering you up, I promise. Well, maybe a little bit a little bit of that, but I, I really do love the people that you bring on the show. And it's more so, it, it's just, you know, it's the fact that you bring out these people that are getting their lives back, getting to decide that new normal that we talked about before the break. And, you know, it's not entirely due to the fact that you got some of your stuff cleared and that you worked on it, but but it's that's a big part. That's a big part because you know what is possible now. And so I just have mm-hmm. the greatest respect because here you are someone that's, you know, that's got all the training in the world and all that kind of thing, you know, and, 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 and yet um, has been a lifelong learner in your practice. So I have just such a great respect for that. So I want, I want to ask both of you ladies, if you would just talk this way, talk to me, because I think this is a, just a good picture that we could paint. Why is it worth getting cleared of trauma? And before you answer that, let me, let me, you know, that might seem like an obvious answer there. A couple episodes ago, we had Leslie Carry on. And Leslie Carry talked about this idea that you don't always um, want to clear your trauma or you don't feel like you want to or whatever. And that's what, like, that's the time you must, you know, but so it, I guess she was trying to argue that basically, look, you know, you're not going to feel like you want to clear it, but just, you, you, you're going to have to muscle through that process, get through it and on the other side. Then you'll know, you'll, you'll be able to look in, in retrospect and completely understand, um, why you're there. I, I want to go a different angle with that. And I want to say, Hey, to the person out there that maybe is on the fence or they know someone that's kind of, you know, for whatever reason is just holding on to that thing. Like, this is what is possible. Now, of course, we can't make specific guarantees on people's life, but talk to me about what the the person tree of <laughs> tree of trauma. That's weird. Talk to me about the person that is um, free of trauma. What are, what would characterize their lives? I mean, Patty, you gave me some things earlier. I was a better mom. I was a better clinician. I was better this. You know, um, talk to me about what that person is. You look at your clients that you have worked with. How would you describe the person free of trauma in terms of their thriving? What are they doing? What are, what are, what are they doing as a person? I think they're just connecting with that peace and calm. And for many people, they've not ever really connected with peace and calm where they're able to under feel safe and they know they're safe. And I think when you're able to live your life from that place that so much more is possible. Right. I think that um, the other thing is, and when they get, if they do something that does make them angry or upset they deal with it. Like, oh, I'm I'm angry, and this is you know my this person just hit my car, and they shouldn't have hit my car. But they don't go crazy, and and uh, it's, they're not out of out of control when things like that happen. 
They're more clear. They can handle life more clearly, even when negative things happen. I'm thinking. Go ahead. Right. So they're not necessarily walking around um, totally peaceful and calm. Unicorns and butterflies. (laughs) Yeah, it's not all that. Sure they are. Oh, darn. I was hoping that would be the case. (laughs) All my clients are walking around on rainbows. I don't know about yours. So funny that you say hit my car. Um, I have been rear-ended twice in a little over two years. So one of them was pre and has nothing to do with my driving. I just want to be clear about that. (laughs) So uh, Charlotte, it's Charlotte traffic. The second one was more recently. And I mean, I've got so, so much stuff going on in my life now that is very stressful. Um, And I'm not even talking about that because that's not what I'm really focused on. But, and then, so then I get, I get rear-ended again, and I'm like, all right, it's going to be fine. We're going to deal with it. We're going to replace another bumper. It's, 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 it's so much less significant because it's so much less personal because I'm not taking it that way anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I knew I wasn't – nobody set out to hit my car, but I don't have to feel like what an inconvenience, and I can't believe I have to do this, and – it's just like whatever. That's life. That life mm-hmm. happens sometimes, and it's not all rainbows and unicorns. Yep. But even when it's not, I'm gonna be fine, and it's gonna work out. I, I feel like there's some auto insurance companies out there that should be listening to this and should be like sending some <laughs> of their, you know what I mean? Like send send some of your policyholders to get clear of trauma. It will cost you less in the long run. You know, just to right. do that. Well, you know what I mean? You know, to just, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you say that because. You know, one of our earlier episodes, actually, he's been on a couple of times. Brian has been on a couple of times. And that's one of the things, one of the very first things he noticed after he wasn't um, as, you know, wasn't as traumatized was driving. He said, I'm not driving like I'm in Iraq anymore. I was, <laughs> I got to my house and I realized I was singing to my child's music and my child wasn't even in the car. And he said, what, what am I doing? And I, I wasn't driving on alert. And he said, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm safer. I'm a safer driver. And let's not minimize that because there are some amazingly insane road rage incidents that happen out there. I mean, seriously, you know, I mean, it's it's some scary stuff that happens out there, you know, on the roads. And and, and, and look, I, if we really believe we've said it here before many times, if we really do believe that generally speaking, generally speaking, right, that most people are doing the best with the resources that they have, then not to ever make excuses for behavior. But man, it sure as heck explains how somebody can go to that place, you know, on the road or wherever and do some of the stuff that they do. Would you guys agree? Mm-hmm. One of my clients didn't even realize, it, it sounds so silly, but she didn't realize she had some mild road rage, let's just say. And, and it was it was fairly mild, but she was frustrated almost every time she drove, which since you drive every day, it certainly is affecting your life if you're frustrated every single time you get in the car. But um, she had a family member die in a car accident when she was uh, a teenager. And she had never connected the two and just things like that that people don't even realize could possibly be connected, um, can be, you know, traumas that still impact you, you know, 30, 40 years later it's, and, it's and, and they make you unsafe. Yeah. But, it's, um, it's just crazy. Back, back to Patty. Patty, what, um, how would you say going through that experience, you know, from you, again, I put some words in your mouth earlier there. I don't, uh, you know, I, I would like to hear straight from you. How would you say going through that clearing process for you has affected uh, your practice? I know more people are coming in and, and that sort of thing, but where do you, what, what has changed for you about maybe your methods or maybe your approach, if anything? Talk to me about that. 
so I do believe I'm a more effective therapist because like Carrie had said before, we've trained in some of the same therapies and um, I, I had a lot of things in my you know toolbox and I had some successes with those. And that's something I've spoken to you guys before about on the podcast. You know, I, I did the best with the tools that I had. Mm-hmm. And so now that I've got more tools, more, in my opinion, more effective tools, that just means that the outcomes are better for, for my clients. That's brilliant. That's Absolutely. Brilliant. Yep. What, what would you say to, you know, there's someone out there that, that maybe is, maybe is a clinician. Why don't you talk to your field, right? That, that's out there. And, um, you know, this is a new conversation for them. I don't know. Maybe they've got some presuppositions against the ability to clear trauma or what trauma is and all that kind of stuff. Like how, what would you say to them? Any advice? So I have talked about before the fact that I didn't really ever want to work in trauma, but then I came to understand. That's why we're friends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was no avoiding that because Mm -hmm. when people were coming in, they were coming in because they were anxious. They were depressed. Life was hard. They were in some type of transition that was largely rooted in trauma. And so there was no avoiding it. And really when I started to get some trauma training, I said, Oh, okay okay, I can do this. I can be effective and I can really help people because I think when you feel like you're, you're not doing the work that you set out to do and being effective at the work that you set out to do, it really makes you step back and go, should I still be doing this anymore? I mean, I think I bring a high level of integrity to the work I'm doing. And so when you sit there and you go, I, I just don't know that I'm making it any better. You, you need to sit back and go, well, what do I, need to do. So either I need to get better as a clinician and increase my skills, or I need to rethink, and this maybe isn't where I belong anymore. I think so many therapists go through that. I mean, that's, that's exactly where I was at one point. I mean, I knew I was doing a good job with a lot of areas, but you start realizing, wait a minute, if I am not effective at dealing with trauma, I really can't be a good therapist because so many people have trauma. And like you said, if you're going to bring integrity to the field, we, we have to figure out the next what what are we doing or get out of the field right and, and um, I think a lot of us were we started as generalists and that's okay for a time but then I think it really makes sense to focus and get really good at you know one or two things and and really then become that's your wheelhouse and so when your wheelhouse is working with children, then refer them out if it's not in that wheelhouse of, you know, play therapy or whatever the modalities you've been trained in. If you're not in your wheelhouse anymore, then know that you're not and refer out. And I feel like some people in maybe market to market, it's different, but in the Charlotte area, there there are so many clinicians in private practices, solo practices, maybe very small group practices. And I think we're all, there's a scarcity mindset, I think, and that people are Mm -hmm. afraid that if they don't have this client caseload, they're not going to be making the money that they need to make, or, or maybe they have good relationships with their clients and they don't trust who else is out there that may be good for their client. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. then they hold on to people far beyond the point of being effective. And so there've been a couple of people that I met and I have a lot of respect for them when they can sit and say, I know this isn't, I'm not the right fit anymore. I know I'm beyond my scope. Um, And then, or I have a lot of 
clinicians that'll say, you know, I've had somebody that I've been working with for a long time. We have a really good rapport, but then this traumatic component came up and that's beyond what I do. Can you work with them for a handful of sessions? And they you know, and I'm like, yes, of course. I'm not looking to steal anybody's client. I'm looking to heal people. Absolutely. There's definitely this mindset that if I pass my this person along, I'll never get them back. I just think that that's um, it's a very short-sighted type of viewpoint to take, and and I and I don't even know that it's totally conscious. You, you know, I don't think most of us are here to keep anybody dependent on us or or to just make money off of us or you know whatnot. But I do think that that happens. Yeah, I think I think that we. In therapy, um, so many therapists are, they, they really are doing the best they can with the resources they have. But the problem is we weren't given the resources we needed necessarily in school. Definitely not all of them. And I don't think any, I don't think any profession necessarily gets all the resources they need. Um, but, you know, the, the thing I just, I sat with a psychologist today actually in my office and he said, I'm a trained psychologist and I actually do not have training in PTSD. And I actually looked at him and I, for a moment, I actually thought he was joking because he was in here for PTSD. And I thought, what are you talking about? But um, he said, no, I really didn't. You know, it was, we went over it and it was years ago. He got his degree years ago. And he said, but I really, it wasn't, it wasn't a big thing. And so more and more we're understanding trauma as, as you say, as we say all the time, PTSD is an injury. Um, not an illness, and it can get better. And so, like you said, there's so many things we've had in our lives. Everybody has had something in their life that is categorized as a trauma. And we probably should be careful saying little t, big t. It's it's things that change our lives. And if we can do something to change that, we should. And as clients, and but also as therapists. You know, Leslie, Leslie, in the podcast that we did uh, a little while back, you know, even said if you're not, if you, like if you're not, if you don't see it that way, if you're not working with trauma, she I think she even said it was clinical negligence. right? And, going, <laughs> and Leslie's a pretty sweet, you know, you know, I said, wow, that's powerful. But I, I don't disagree. I, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that you guys would use those words, but I think that you're in the same spirit as well. And, and it's not because of, uh, you know, some kind of elitism or anything like that, but rather just this knowledge of now that you've been in this world for so long you've worked with so many different people and you know you can you can start to read people better yeah a lot of like people are carrying stuff they're carrying stuff and and it's a mess and it's got to be dealt with so i i I think that's a that's a great thought um patty ona just again thank you for thank you for being a part of our team and and what we do and just uh sharing stories sharing your own life you know with us and everything wish you the best as always can't wait to have you on again and have one of your guests and just continue to see the work that you're doing Yeah. We're going to be there live. We are. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that real quick? We're going to be in Charlotte. Uh, oh, my. March. At the end of March. Last Coming weekend in March. in March. Is that what it is? Last weekend in March. Cool. To, uh, two and a half day training. Well, yeah. yeah, more save. details to follow. We'll be back to summer here in Orlando. Hot, humid summer by then. We get about three days of uh, fall, winter, and spring all in one, and then we come back to summer. So we'll be, like I said, that's why I wanted to know the weather, Carrie. I just want to know what I'm uh, in for when we road trip uh, well, up there, right? March March in Carolinas, you have to pack for three seasons, like a 50-degree <laughs> swing in the course of a day. <laughs> 
Patty, don't worry. I've got my down uh, jacket and I'll bring my, uh, I've got all my stuff. I'll be good. Okay. I'll be nice yeah, and layered. Good. I'll look like a big marshmallow, but uh, I'll be good. It'll be awesome. But we'll hang out. It'll be great. <laughs> and that's why we do a podcast. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So if you're out there listening to Life After PTSD, just connect with us. We've got a lot of different ways on social media that you can find us. Um, Heal Your PTSD on Twitter, Life After PTSD Media, everywhere else. Thanks for listening. Share this with somebody that needs to hear it. And we will catch you next week for another episode on Life After PTSD. We're so grateful that you listened to the show today. Now imagine a new normal you get to decide with all its possibilities once you are free of PTSD, because that is what is possible. You're here, which means you're ready, but listening alone will not heal you or those you know who are suffering. Join us on the mission to eradicate PTSD by reaching out to lifeafterptsd.org or in Canada, lifeafterptsd.ca, or by sharing this message of hope with someone you know.